0: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Steffo Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio.
1: Okay, Annie, you and I have been talking about this for a minute, and I have sent warning texts to all my friends about uh-huh. the fact that I am in quite a place. Sure. Mentally, uh-huh. as of late, to the point that everybody's like seriously, are you okay? Um, and to the point my partner's like, how about, how about if we go visit? How about we go outside? How about we touch, <laughs> touch the grass uh, as the new expression goes? But I, I did want to ask you, did you ever go through what is known as quarter life crisis now? I know it's, it's actually, I guess it's a millennial thing because I feel like John uh, Mayer really pushed that out in his lyrics. Did he? Does he have a song yeah. about quarter-life crisis? He literally s- says about having a quarter-life crisis in one of his very uh, moody songs.
0: Oh. That's... Okay. Now I'm having to... Re- wow, thanks, Samantha. I'm having to reckon with the fact I'm at the quarter of my life. At least. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> Whoa. I don't think I have. I have. I've definitely had moments where... But they're usually fleeting. But I've had moments where I'm like, I've got to make a change. And like, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I don't own a house. I don't have a significant other. I don't have all these things. And then usually like within an hour, I'm out of it. Like I change. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I think it helps that I did travel a lot when we could travel a lot. Um, and I always was busy. And, I, you know, I was always hiking and and stuff. But I don't... Maybe it's coming. Maybe it's on the horizon. But not as of yet. I don't think I've had one.
1: Okay. So the quarter life crisis, if your lifespan was to say 80, Mm -hmm. would hit at 20. So if your (laughs) lifespan goes to 100, it goes to 25. Right? Okay. okay. So that's the quarter life. And I really felt that. And for some reason in my (laughs) head, I thought, sure, I definitely am going to live to 100. So around 25, I was like, what am I doing with my life? Mm. This all all was also a part of like, whether or not I was okay with my job, whether I was not I was trying to find my identity and trying to figure out, you know, it was during the time I was losing a lot of my old identity as the Asian girl wanting to be white from a small town, from going to, from conservative to, oh, that doesn't make sense anymore. More, going from mm. religious to oh yeah I don't think this is me anymore type of moments so to me that was a little bit of my quarter life crisis because religion and Christianity was a big part of who I was so losing that really did feel like I was losing myself and had to redefine myself so that kind of was my quarter life crisis and at this point I'm in my at my 40s 41 i'm I'm still young 40s don't get me wrong and I know I keep saying it like I'm going to push over at any moment. But I'm telling you, I went to work out yesterday for the first time in, what, months? I'm in pain. Oh, no. Uh, So I feel like this is even more defined right now because I can't stand up without literally holding onto desks, tables, arms of chairs to push myself up. So I really feel like this is the moment for me to talk about this because at this point, I sent you And uh, Caroline, who was a good friend of mine, and others, I'm like, I'm either going to buy a house, Mm -hmm. an RV, Mm -hmm. a new car, Mm -hmm. go on a ridiculously expensive vacation, or a new dog. Like, that was (laughs) the text. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but I need to do one of these things to shake up my life. And that's when I started thinking, oh, It's the midlife crisis point. Like, if I die 82, this is it, right? This is the midlife point, Mm -hmm. um, which, by the way, is defined to happen around 40s to 60s. And though it is not an actual uh, mental health, like, thing, people still acknowledge it. Don't get me wrong. There's a debate about it, whether it exists. And 26% of Americans apparently have reported to have had one. And, of Mm. course, we do have the stereotypical, as I said, going on to extravagant buys, Mm -hmm. which is what I just, you know, kind of was a stereotype. I really do. I've been looking at each one of those things, BT dubs, Mm -hmm. um, sending you links, sending my partner links. and Mm -hmm. like, somebody approved this for me and no one has yet to do so. So I feel like I've been (laughs) betrayed a little bit. But all of these things that we know, the the 45, 50, 60-year-old man buying the Porsche, uh, all of a Mm -hmm. sudden leaving his wife of, 15, 20 years for the 20-year-old whatever. These are all stereotypes we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to women, it seems to be a little different. And I I wanted to know what that was. And first and foremost, let's go ahead and define what is a midlife crisis because, you know, we love to do that, which is a period of emotional turmoil in middle age characterized, especially by a strong desire for change. Um, This is, Merriam-Webster's definition, by the way. Ah. And yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. I don't know if it's because I'm middle-aged. Of course, some of the articles, which I uh, talked about the the 26% came from the healthline.com article about midlife crisis in women. Some of this talks about uh, possible menopause. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not sad about menopause because there's nothing in me that wants to have a child. So it doesn't bother me, per se, of course. And I'm sure we can have this other conversation and we'll come back to it. We should come back to it. I am very worried about not wanting to have sex, which you and I have talked about whether or not that makes us normal and whether or not that redefines us. We talked about asexuality as an actual sexuality and being a part of the queer community. And that's important that we need to talk about that. But As someone myself who has been fairly sexual um, from my 20s to my nows, which is a short amount of times, of course, beforehand, but I haven't actually hadn't engaged with a partner Mm -hmm. up until that point. Um, Feel like, oh no, I've missed out on so much of that and now I'm losing it. It makes me sad. Mm -hmm. So, again, that's a whole different conversation of how that defines us as being uh, women who are aging, but trying to remain what used to be norm for us as individuals. But that's, again, a different conversation. <laughs> now, I looked back to the midlife crisis because I was like, what the f-? Like, I'm not happy. I don't Mm -hmm. want to be here. But at the same time, I started looking at the different factors of my life specifically. Um, And I am one of the anomalies, but starting to become more of a norm now. But I guess more of an anomaly in my age group, who has hit the 40s mark, to not have a family. I don't have children. I don't have a spouse. I have a partner. But as committed as we are, we are still very independent. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't own a home. I'm absolutely renting in a very cute little home that I've made for myself. Uh, But does it include neighbors in the building? Yes. Do we share a washer, and dryer as a unit? Yes. I am able to afford my own car. I am now getting to the point that I'm actually fixing my teeth like an adult. Mm-hmm. That should have been fixed 25 years ago, apparently. But yeah, all these things. I have a dog. I don't have children. Uh, I have just figured out what the hell this 401k life is and savings is about. Uh, that, Of course, that also has to do with me being in a job that is f- woefully neglected by the government, by the economy, by society in itself. And so getting pennies to a job that worked me 20 hours a day. Day. so we know that there those are the outside influences to that mm-hmm, but yeah. all of that to say you know I'm not your typical in that I'm not in that housewife wife mother grandmother state of being so it is my midlife crisis I feel like is very different from what we know of and I'm sure there needs to be new data and I'm sure that it will come upon it one day <laughs> Yes, <laughs> maybe. I said this as a question into the uh, abyss, yeah. But like all of these things. So I'm like, what is this? Is this what this looks like? Who am I? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and it also comes down to the point, like one of the big questions is the definitions. And maybe this new crisis, what men were going through. What we have seen men do, just literally putting caution to the wind, uh, again, stereotypically, I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily saying that that's all true, but by stereotype, but what we see as a caricature of, well, not too much of a caricature, but like a little stretch, a little bit of a stretch that men just kind of throw caution to the wind and move on, that mm-hmm. women who are have become breadwinners. Um, Have become more likely to have less children, have become less dependent on men because we earn our own money. There's a wide gender gap. We know this gender pay gap. We know this, but it's at one point in time did seem like it was closing a bit for some of the communities. Uh, So that also means less dependency. Mm-hmm. on our men if it is a hetero relationship. relationship uh, so that's changed all around so I'm wondering if we are we haven't seen or talk about it as much for women mm-hmm. until recently because of those changes which is where I am I would probably be the face of that not necessarily but just like the lack of having all of those responsibilities that once was always on women mm-hmm. does that make sense? yeah
0: I have a lot of kind of varying thoughts about this. When I was growing up, my mom had a best friend who was an artist and she was kind of known as like affectionately the weirdo. But she when she approached i guess her her she had her midlife crisis i don't know if she did but she bought this jeep that was bright sunburnt orange and everyone joked it was her midlife crisis car and i was a kid and i yeah. remember hearing that and thinking that's interesting <laughs> but to this day like i do remember that i remember and she was the one who made the money in that right. particular family situation and she did have a lot going on difficult things going on so I think of that I also think like again I don't I haven't had a midlife crisis or I don't think I've had a quarter-life crisis but recently I've been thinking because quarantine anniversary is this weekend for me for a lot of us and I'm gonna Mm -hmm. celebrate it Uh, But I was thinking like, wow, this is two years. You've barely left this apartment. (laughs) Two years. Yeah. yeah. And that made me pause. That made me pause for a second. Because I am somebody who's very like, I want to do all the stuff and I want to go everywhere and I want to travel. And in a lot of ways, staying in my apartment has been not a bad thing and interesting. And I've learned a lot. But I think in that way of what you're saying of, women now not kind of uh, changing the roles the from the, what the stereotypical traditional role was to now or much more like late to get married or get a house or if we do those things at all. I did have that moment of like, is that a waste of a two years?
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, I don't think
1: that's what it is. But that actually, that's a good segue because I also thought, well, maybe it's not this midlife crisis that I'm mm-hmm. at. Maybe that's not what it is. Maybe it's this existential crisis,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I've always heard as it seems such a like a kitschy, like goofy word that people use just to be real out there, like the kind of like the new agey level of like, what is this? -hmm. You know, and um, yes, I have to use the (laughs) noise for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't know, an existential crisis is a psychological episode in which a person questions the meaning of their life and of existence itself. And that's from dictionary.com. And y'all, yeah, yeah, I think, especially for so many of us in the last two years, that has been the moment. Like, what is this life? And oh my God. What am I here for? Am I making a difference? And of course, there's a bigger conversation in this because there's an intersectionality in this conversation about this type of crisis when it comes to climate change, when it comes to racial issues, when it comes to uh, working within um, war-torn countries and what that looks like for them when we talk about feminism in itself and feminist issues. (sighs) Today, we know that Texas has has allowed for that really overarching anti-abortion law, uh, which is really upsetting. And that's a whole other, I know, segue we're going to have to get into because a lot of big changes that are happening, and I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Mm-hmm. But it does put you into that moment of the crisis, and also, with that, existential dread. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm talking about that. So what is existential <laughs> dread? Again, it's that same questioning of life and death and the uncertainties that surrounds them. Like, you literally sit and dread and wait on it. It's kind mm-hmm. of that, like, it's the, what's the meaning of life? Why should I care about this? Oh, my God, Is are we killing humankind? There's no hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm laughing because if we don't, we cry. Am I right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. One blogger from the Estat Psychological Services says about it, it's oftentimes triggered by things like unwanted life transitions. Uh, the feeling of reaching a standstill in life life-altering experiences, traumatic experiences, crisis on a larger scale. It could be as easy as depression and anxiety. Yes, I have both of those things. A death of a loved one, feeling like you're failing at your career, losing faith in religion. Y'all, like I said, that was my (laughs) quarter life uh, crisis. Like there are so many of those things that line up with it. And we talk about this on an intersectional level when we talk about for women, for black women, for uh, women who are dealing with climate change or actually acknowledging and trying to make a change, like mm-hmm. we see this in the deeper level of, oh, my God, we failed. What do we do? Or no one's listening. What do we do? And uh, honestly, <laughs> being a social worker, it was consistent. Like it's, it's, it's feeling like I'm constantly failing. Nothing is changing. I can't change the system from where I'm at, but no one from the head up cares enough to actually change it, which I feel like we've seen more and more today, maybe it's because of social media, that we actually can acknowledge that fact that we see the uh, pay discrepancies, we see the amount that CEOs and corporations make and how little they're willing to give to their own employees uh, Mm -hmm. who are actually running the company and making the profit for the company. You know, again... I know I go on to the spiel a lot, but there's been moments of like, how do we change this? So because I can't figure out how to change this on a massive scale, I'm like, I need to change something about my life, my surroundings mm-hmm. right now. Annie, let's go on a resort trip <laughs> where it's sustainable yep. and conscientious. Yeah, I've been trying. Annie's not listening to yeah, me. Yeah, she
0: sent me. I'm listening, but I have gotten many texts where I'm like, I'm unclear <laughs> how I should respond to this. I think it's a fun idea. (laughs) That's a great
1: idea, Samantha. What do you want me to do?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, you know, it's like the motion you approach a tense dog. You're like, okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: It is. It's true, y'all. I I get very intense about it. I'm like, we need to do this right now, (laughs) which makes me really overtly passionate about things. And honestly, this has put me into, maybe this is part of, again, my crisis in general, put me into astrology. Uh And back into uh, astrology and astronomy Because I'm like, what if this is exactly who I am? Which also leads me back to, oh, I don't actually know my birth date Because I was adopted and I don't know if this is true I don't know when I was born I don't actually know where I was born Oh God, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. There's so many things, so Mm -hmm. many layers to this And of course, this is Women's History Month So I'm like, are we making an impact? Are we okay, y'all? I'm not okay Can you tell? (laughs) Someone send help, send (laughs) donuts. (laughs) Um, Ooh, yes. <laughs> but, you know, I have a feeling, like I said, because of the things that we've gone through in the last two years, uh, last four years, uh, for many people, all of their lives. Again, that's that intersectional level that we, we really do want to talk about. This is a consistent thing. Like, we trying to live it out and not even realizing you're in a crisis moment and also not realize not being able to do anything about it. I joke about the fact that I can do these things. I'm not going to lie have definitely gotten the privilege of actually being paid. Still not being paid as much as our male co- counterparts, that I guarantee, but still being paid a lot more than what I was when I was working a job that really, really uh, had a lot of emotional, mental impact. Um, not that this doesn't, it does, mm-hmm. but not to that same level. Knowing that I could actually get that done, knowing that uh, if it came down to it, yes, I'm finally, again, getting to be in a, like, be able to address my issues with teeth because it seems to be a privilege, which it shouldn't be. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Dental care, eye care, mental health should not be a privilege. And that's again, All right. Cool, cool, cool. I am able to have the time to do these things because I don't have children that I'm responsible for and scheduling for them as well Mm -hmm. um, or paying for them as well. I know this. I know that this is a privilege beyond measure. And so for many people who are constantly in crisis, adding this to it. And especially, again, when it comes to women, women of color, marginalized peoples, this is a whole different level. Like, I joke about what it is, and we joke about it as a stereotype, because we do see it as a middle-class privilege. Having a midlife crisis is an upper-middle-class privilege, Mm -hmm. and it's absurd. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You touched on something that we've talked about a lot in coping with trauma um, and some unhealthy coping mechanisms with trauma, which is control and like a feeling of control and that you feel like all of this stuff in your life is out of your control. You can't fix all of these things. So buy a house. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. No, make you feel better. Like that, that makes sense to me. It is unfortunate that we feel so out of control with so many aspects of our lives. But it does make sense to me that having this moment of like, I need to do something that makes me feel like I have some modicum of control in my life.
1: And again, for women, those who are in the marginalized communities, that Mm -hmm. is compounded by the responsibility that's given to you immediately. Yes, white men, we are saying you have... You have it easier so shut up don't come at me <laughs> when it comes to basic conversations like this uh, so one of the things in the helpline article that i was reading it does say um, many of the symptoms of midlife crisis overlap with depression anxiety disorders and hormonal imbalances again they talked about menopause a little bit and that there are like things that you can do when it comes to uh, medication antidepressants all of that that if you truly need it sure Like, I'm one of those who will always say, if it's something that you actually need and helps you, go at it. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as it's not harming or you're not abusing it, great. Uh, But there are some other ways they say that you can uh, offset this, what they call midlife blues, which is patronizing, but okay. (laughs) It Uh, (laughs) Uh (laughs) It says, talk to a therapist. Once again, we've talked about this before, how that is a privilege in itself. I said it earlier. It's absurd, but it is. And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I hate it. But if you are able to do so, do it. Cognitive therapy, life coaching, group therapy might be something that could help, especially when it comes to grief, managing anxiety, um, and maybe even just future planning. Who knows? Talking to your friends. If you have really good friends... It's nice. Uh, as in fact, they said in the same article, a 2012 study shows that what many women know from firsthand experience, midlife is easier if you're surrounded by a circle of friends. Uh, women with friends have a greater sense of well-being than those who don't. Not even family members have as great an impact. And I feel like, yes, I can attest to this. Mm-hmm. Again, Annie and Caroline were two of the people I immediately, oh, and Dominique, of course, <laughs> immediately texted me like, help, I'm going to buy one of these things. <laughs> And just having them be like, okay, what was enough? <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> like this. Yes, yeah, so just like coming, bringing me back to reality. It was like, okay, you are correct. Thank you very much. I needed that. <laughs> uh, but I think that's a really big part of it. And again, for my parents, for my mom, she didn't have friends. I told we talked about that earlier mm-hmm. in another episode. She didn't have friends until after all her kids left, and, and her friends were her kids. Mm-hmm. So that is also a privileged. Uh, thing as well, which makes me sad. Yeah. It shouldn't have to be, but I know if all you do is work, there's not so, and then you just kind of want to come home and rest. Yep. There's so little you can do about that and that's, again, a different conversation. Reconnect with nature, as I said, go touch the grass. I haven't made muddy grass, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) But uh, uh, my partner has family in Florida near the beach. He took me there to be like, I need you to calm down. (laughs) And it did help. Mm -hmm. Um, Talking about your home remedies and healthy eating. Again, I'm not going to say that's a thing. It's their suggestion. I don't know. But some people do like hobbies. So if it's learning to bake bread, go Mm -hmm. at it. Learning to plant gardens. Beautiful. I mean, that has been two of the big things that I've seen people do as mm-hmm. uh, uh, self-care. Like they need to be able to care for their plants or, or being able to learn to bake bread or doing these things. If that's something you need, great. Uh, if you are someone who struggles with eating and you want to figure out something healthy, cool. Just do it in a manner that is showing love to yourself, period, um, and not abiding by unattainable standards that are set by society, which is stupid and usually demeaning and very, very uh, false and damaging to women. Put that in there. Write down what you've accomplished. You know, that's not a bad idea. And he just got into shock mode. And then take <laughs> steps toward a new future. I don't know what that means. Uh, talking about maybe, hey, you are writing. Write that novel you've been talking about. Don't write that novel. Toss out that novel. Whatever you need to do, have a cleansing party. You know, taking all the things that you thought was bad in your life, burn that in a very uh, contained environment. Uh, I, I don't know. Get into astrology like me and tell me about my signs. Someone tell me about my signs. I have a friend for you. Okay, cool. It can cool, help cool. You. I was born September 26th. <laughs> so. And then there are so many other things. Reading books, uh, again, Uh, doing what is something that you love, whether it's taking time off and, again, maybe taking a bath. Maybe that's your thing. Uh, Sitting, crocheting. I tried that. Didn't get very far with that. But okay. We'll probably come back and revisit this. Watching a favorite beloved movie. Whatever you need. Reaching out to an old friend that you've missed. All the good things. There are some suggestions. But yeah, for those who are with me, I love you. I'm thinking of you. Don't buy that thing you don't need. It's going to be okay. Or do if it makes you happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the key is to, like, not do it on impulse. Like, sure, think Th- about t- take, it. Take,
1: take a week before you actually yeah, do it. Yeah, think about it. <laughs> talk to people about it. <laughs> see... I don't think there's necessarily... I
0: haven't necessity. bought anything yet. Yeah. Well, there's time, but you know... Well, yeah. Give me a minute, though. Yeah, we'll we'll converse about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, 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 listeners, if you have any experience with this, any ideas about this, any thoughts, we would love to hear from you. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows.